Hello, friends. It's me, the president of Chickenlandia. Did you know that I have a new book that is now available for purchase? You heard that right. It's called Let's All Keep Chickens, The Down-to-Earth Guide to Natural Practices for Healthier Birds and a Happier World. It's now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your local bookstore, and more. For more information on how you can grab your copy, just click the link in the show notes. It's so exciting, I can barely handle it. Okay, on with the show. Welcome to Chickenlandia's 100% friendly podcast, Bok Talk. This show will help you learn all about how backyard chicken keeping can be fun, entertaining, and stress-free. Here's your host, the president of Chickenlandia. Hello, friends. Welcome to Chickenlandia and welcome to Bok Talk, your 100% friendly backyard chickens show. I am your host, the president of Chickenlandia. I am a backyard chicken educator in the lovely Pacific Northwest. Oh, today is episode five of season four, and we are going to talk about something that's super fun that I get questions about all the time. We're going to talk about keeping chickens and ducks together safely. So I usually get this question when people have had chickens for a little while. Sometimes people just go for it and they get <laughs> they get the ducks and the chickens at the same time. But uh, usually it takes a little while and then they're like, you know what? I've had chickens for a while. I'm going to get some ducks. Um, and I think that's awesome. I'm totally like I'm pro duck. OK, <laughs> um, but there's also a way to do it. And I want you to do it in a way that is safe and that is the easiest for you. So We're going to get into all of that today. I do have a listener question that I'm going to be answering, and then I I will go over that, and then I'll open up the chat for questions. So there is something I want to say that is super important. Guys, we have a super fan, a super fan that had a birthday last week. Her name is Amparo, and she just turned 15, and I do want to wish her a happy belated birthday. I hope your day was filled with chicken love. (laughs) If you want to submit a question to Bog Talk, all you have to do is go to welcometochickenlandia.com, go to the contact section and click ask a chicken question. And you can like, you can also like send me a chicken story or, <laughs> or just send me a message. Whatever. I love hearing from my fans. Um, and you will also want to, when you go to my website, you will also want to join the mailing list. Uh, it's called Chickenlandia Nation. It's the best chicken mailing lists in the multiverse, according to me. (laughs) Okay. Um, And I don't spam. I don't send out a ton of emails, but I will send you a coupon for my online course. It's called Backyard Chickens 101, a chicken course for everyone. And this is my super fun uh, interactive course. It's for beginners and for intermediate chicken keepers. And it's a great way to get direct access to me. I know a lot of times people will send me messages and I just cannot respond to all of them. And, you know, sometimes people send me questions and they feel very urgent about it. And I just, I get so, I get tons, tons of chicken questions. And that's why I try to do Bok Talk and make a bunch of content so I can answer those questions. But I just can't answer them all, uh, you know, when people email me. So, 
you can go into the course and there's an area where you can chat with other course members and you can also ask me questions in there. And either myself or the Chickenlandia presidential advisor will usually answer those questions. Well, we will answer those questions, um, you know, in the in 20 within 24 hours, unless there's a holiday. But anyway, enough of that. Before we begin, I need to make two announcements because I got to pay those chicken bills. You you know, I've got to pay those chicken bills. Somebody said to me the other day, Madam President, your chickens are bougie. And I, you know what? She didn't lie. She (laughs) guilty as charged, but I have to work hard so I can pay for these high maintenance chickens. (laughs) So as always, I want to let you guys know that this podcast was brought to you by the folks at my favorite chicken. My favorite chicken is my favorite online shop to get my chicken feed. I get my non-GMO organic, socially responsible scratch and peck feed there. Um, I can get chicken supplies, other fun chicken stuff, uh, chicken treats, all kinds of chicken stuff. Myfavoritechicken.com and I'll put that link in the show notes. This podcast was also brought to you by Small Pet Select. Small Pet Select is a small local company to me, and they have an online store that I know you guys are going to love. I am using three of their products right now, the organic pine shavings, um, and I'm doing deep litter right now, and they're working great. I Another one is pet greens that are great through the winter. It's like these sprouts that you can grow out of a little bag. Awesome for the winter for your chickens. Um, and then also their flaked oyster shell. And they do have like other products for like um, fuzzy animals, like, you know, piggies, guinea pigs, and <laughs> bunnies and stuff like that. Um, so I will leave a link and a coupon code for you too in the show notes. Okay, it is story time. It is story time. Are you ready? <laughs> Once upon a time in Chickenlandia, there was a little bantam cochin. And I'm just going to call her Button because I found out that her original name meant something vulgar in in Peru. My my Peruvian friend was like, what is your chicken's name? And she was like, you might want to change that because that, you know, from in my country, it means something, something else. And so I... I'm just going to call her Button today. But anyway, Button wanted to be a mom really bad. She was just broody all the time, just constantly broody. And it would have, it was a situation where, you know, this was at my old property. It would have been really irresponsible of me to like put a whole bunch of chicken eggs underneath her because I lived in a subdivision and I can't have a whole bunch of roosters. And when you hatch out eggs, you know, you're bound to get some roosters. But I had the thought, I was like, hmm, I could put some duck eggs under her because male ducks, they don't make a very loud sound. You know, now female ducks can be pretty loud, especially the kind of ducks I got. (laughs) But for whatever reason, people don't get as upset about the duck sound as they do the rooster sound. So what I did was I went and, oh, you know what? Before I even go into that, I I want to say something that is very important. It is not a good idea to have a full-size male drake in with your flock of chickens. 
Okay, uh, and a, a drake is a is the word for a male duck. Male ducks can get very aggressive, especially during mating season. They can just, I mean, they just lose their mind. Their hormones go crazy. And they can actually go after your hens and try to mate them. And and you might think, well, you know, well, maybe that's not that big of a deal. But chickens have different anatomy than ducks do. So a drake can actually kill your chicken that way. And, you know, no one got, wants to go out like that. <laughs> It's awful. So I just want you to be really mindful of that. And I want you to know about that. Like I would not put a full size Drake in with my hands because it's just, you know, it might be okay, especially if they have a lot of room and that Drake has a lot of female ducks, but I'd hate for something bad to happen. And, you know, and I didn't tell you about that. So I'm just letting you know that this is something that you, you likely will not want to do. But the eggs that I got for Button, <laughs> they were call duck eggs. And call ducks are bantam ducks. They are a very small breed of ducks, of duck. And so I felt comfortable because I knew that if I was to get a drake, it would be a really small, a very small drake. And, you know, generally they're a little bit more docile because they're raised, you know, they're, they're bred to be like pets and they're bred for beauty. Um, so I, I just felt better about having a, a little itty bitty drake <laughs> in with my chickens. And I've always had a little drake and it's never been a problem. So, you know, even, even then you should have a contingency plan. So just in case the drake, the, you know, your little drake starts acting the fool, you need to have a plan B if you need to rehome him. Okay. So Anyway, I got a full, uh, got a few little call duck eggs and I put them under button and about 27 or so days later, a little duck hatched out and her name was Duckaloo. And unfortunately, she was the only one that lived out of that clutch uh, for whatever reason. And she was actually a call and a runner duck cross. And she was very small and white and she was super cute and had a lot of personality. And that was it. Like after that, that was it. I was like duck fever. And I have come down with duck fever many, many times since then. Um, right now I have four ducks in my flock. Um, one of them is like this huge duck. Her name is Walter and she lays these huge eggs. You know, she lays an egg pretty much every day. And they're huge. And that's what I eat for breakfast, like every morning. Um, so if you're wondering whether or not duck eggs are good, they are very good. Um, and a lot of times people that have an allergy to chicken eggs, they can tolerate duck eggs. Okay. Now, of course, like I'm not a doctor, <laughs> you know, talk to, talk to your doctor about that um, before you try it. But, you know, especially if you have a serious allergy, but um that is just something that that can happen. Sometimes people can tolerate duck eggs and they're, they're very rich and they're really good. And especially with baking, they're just so good. So with all that being said, there are definitely some things that I have learned since I started keeping ducks in with my chickens and I've always kept them together. I've always kept my chickens and duck together, ducks together. Um, the first thing that I learned very quickly is that you know, the, the mess that chickens create is nothing compared to the mess 
that ducks can create. Ducks are, I mean, it's a good thing that they're cute because (laughs) the poop is real. Okay. (laughs) It is real. They poop a lot, just like chickens poop a lot, you know, but the thing about duck poop is it's like, it's like soupy, watery and gross. (laughs) And the other thing is, you know, ducks need to, ducks need to drink a lot when they're eating. So, you know, they'll go to the food bowl and they're, they'll scoop up some food in their, in their bill. And then they'll go over to the water dish and they'll like dump the food in the water dish and then eat it back up. Like as they're drinking water, like that's what they do. They, they mix their uh, feed with water. Um, and it's, that's an important thing for them to do, but it can make your waterers pretty dirty and they can spill and splash around and get water everywhere. It's pretty, you know, I do not advise after the first couple of weeks, really probably the first week. I know sometimes people, when they get, they want to get baby ducks and they want to put them in with their chickens and with their baby chicks. And that is not a good long-term situation for baby ducks and chickens because baby ducks are very wet and they will get water everywhere and they will make everything really dirty and the, you know, the water, water will run out very fast and it'll be all over your brooder. And that's not good for baby chickens. Okay. So keep that in mind. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty tough to raise them together, but at a certain point they can come back together and it's usually pretty easy to integrate them. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit, a little bit later. So if you, if you keep ducks with your chickens as, as tempting as it is, and, and some people, say that you should do this because it actually keeps the mess down a lot, but I don't recommend it. Um, I advise against using nipple waterers. And if you don't know, you know what a nipple water system is like, you know, the water, the chickens get the water out of of this little, uh, toggle, I guess is what you would call it. And you know, they, they peck at it and the water comes out and that's how they drink. Um, but ducks really need to be able to immerse their full face into the water. Um, they need to do that so that they can clean out their, their nares or their nostrils. They need to do it to keep their beak, beak conditioned and in good shape. And in fact, I have a chicken that, I mean, a duck that has, um, special needs and his big problem is that he doesn't put his face in the water and it's a big problem. Like this is a a behavior that is super important for ducks. So I just have to like, you know, clean his face and all this stuff basically every day. So if you have your ducks with your chickens, uh, you, it's best to have open waterers. And what I use is like a life, uh, livestock feed bowls and they work the best because, you know, not only can the ducks completely immerse their faces in the water. Like they basically put their whole heads in the water, but the chickens can drink out of them just fine. And it's a pretty natural way for them to drink. Um, and the ducks can even get into them and play around without posing very much of a drowning risk to your chickens. And if you, especially if you have silkies or frizzles, um, they are at a higher drowning risk than other chickens. So I would be very mindful about having like a big pool or like a kitty pool for your ducks. Um, if you have silkies or frizzles, because it's, it's very dangerous for them and they can drown and any chicken can drown in a kitty pool. 
Okay, but it's just more, I've seen it happen more often with chickens that have a different type of feathering like silkies and frizzles. But, you know, that being said, ducks really do, they need more water. They belong in water. That's their natural state. So what I have found is that, and this this really works well, I, I use the splash pads that are made for like babies and toddlers. And what happens is like just a few inches of water collects in it and the ducks can go in there and play in it and sit in it. And it doesn't pose that drowning risk for your chickens. Um, You could also use like a shallow pond liner and just make it very shallow, like maybe two, two or three inches. You really don't want to go deeper than that, especially if you have very small bantams, um, because you just don't want that drowning risk. But in my opinion, I think that's great for ducks. They, they do very well with that. So I mentioned before that Ducks are super poopy, <laughs> soup, soupy poopy. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> um, I'm having too much fun uh, because I love this subject. I love ducks, <laughs> but they, so they, they poop a lot. They can also be wet and muddy. You know, their bodies are wet um, and it's tough because they bring that mess with them into the coop and you know, in turn, what happens is your nice dry chicken coop could turn into a yucky mess, which could become a big problem. Like this could, you know, obviously it's going to bring moisture into your coop, which can be really bad, especially in winter. Um, and it can also create a situation where there might be more uh, chance of ammonia, ammonia buildup, more chance of like bacterial buildup. And it's just all around, it's just not a great situation for your chickens. But The good thing is, is that ducks are creatures of habit. They will usually want to sleep in the same spot in their coop, in the coop at night. So in my last, in my last, uh, at my other property, I had a much smaller coop and the ducks for whatever reason (laughs) would sleep right under the chicken roosts. And I used to say they were like magical ducks because they never got pooped on. I have no idea how that occurred, <laughs> but they just didn't. Um, but they they really like to sleep like directly under the chickens in this one corner of the coop. And that corner would just get so gross to the point where I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, what am I going to do? But I realized, you know, they're always in that one corner. So I could put like a liner down there or I could put a tray or I could put like the bottom half of a, you know, like a a dog, like a plastic dog house or like a litter box, something that they can walk into very easily because ducks don't like to go up and over into things. But I had like this bottom of a plastic dog house and it had like a little door to it. So the, the ducks didn't have to like go up and over into it. They just walked into it and they would be in this little plastic container basically. And that's where they would sleep at night. And it was so good because they just pooped in there and then I could just clean that out. And it it just made things so much easier. And I did a whole video about it. Um, I can't remember what it's called. It's like duck hack keeping ducks and chickens together or something like that. Like, I don't remember my old videos names. I don't even remember the new ones. Okay. (laughs) 
that's where I'm at over here. But anyway, <laughs> um, I will link that down in the show notes for you so you can watch it because it's a little more detailed and you can just see exactly what I did. Okay, so I want to right now go to the listener question. Uh, it's from Jen and she asked... Uh, or she says, hello, I have watched your, U- your videos on YouTube. I find you to be funny and informative. I appreciate that. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you for telling me that. Um, I have ch- had chickens for many years on and off. However, I have never had a duck. I got a duck from some older folks who didn't want her anymore. And she is a little brown and white duck. Very talkative. So... <laughs> I'm like, I wonder if that's a call duck because call ducks are really talkative. Um, My rooster attacks her anytime he gets a chance. So I have kept her in her own little place where they can see each other and talk, but he can't get to her. That's, that's great. Like that's a good idea. Is there anything I can do to keep her with the chickens and rooster? I have tried everything I can think of to integrate her into the coop like I would for chickens, but he will not have it. Thank you so much for any advice you have. So, you know, this is this is a tough one. Because usually ducks can integrate well into a flock of chickens, especially if you follow like an integration process. Um, it usually it usually works, but it, it might be a better situation for you to get her a duck friend or two. And then try to integrate them together because generally birds will do better uh, with integration when they can do it with a group instead of just alone. But even with one duck, um, you know, usually there's a pretty good chance that with time, what you're doing will eventually work and, you know, your flock and your rooster will eventually accept her. But, it you know, there's no guarantee. It doesn't always work out that way. Um you know, sometimes it's just that a rooster will not accept a new bird into a flock, especially if the bird is so different like this duck. Um, so, yeah, it, it's possible that he is just establishing himself. And as long as he's not drawing blood on her, that, you know, and that your duck is submissive, that he will calm down after that initial pecking order ritual. Um, So you could keep like a really good eye on them and make sure that he's not actually physically harming her. He may chase her um, and he may posture a lot with her, but if he's not physically harming her, then it, it, there could be hope that after that initial ritual that he will calm down and just like not make her life hard after that. Um, and, you know, honestly, like having a couple of little friends with her would ha- would help with that, I think. Um, but like I said, none of this is a guarantee. Uh, if I were you, I would continue to try and have them separate and sing for a, a little while longer. Um, I know that you sent this a while back, so I don't know where you're at right now with it. Um, hopefully your rooster has come around. Um, and maybe with a, even a little bit longer, he will come around. But um you know, like I said before, it's always good to have that contingency plan. I do have a podcast where I talk in depth about using flower essences in your flock. So flower essences are like, they're, 
it's it's energy medicine and it's a lot like homeopathics but it's more on the emotional side and it, and it's made from flowers so um in this podcast i talk specifically about pecking order issues and it's a bit much to go into like in full detail right now but i will leave that link for you in the show notes so you that you can check that out and maybe that might help you but it's possible that if you want to keep her you'll need to make a separate area for her. You know, actually, there's one more thing that you could try. You could remove the rooster and integrate her into the flock and leave the rooster out of the flock for a few days and then integrate him back in and see if that kind of changes the the dynamic a little bit. But I think the best case scenario would, you know, no matter what you do, the best case scenario would be for your little duck to have a couple of duck friends um, because it's it's harder for a duck to just be you know the the single duck with the <laughs> living with the chickens and having an identity crisis. <laughs> but hopefully you don't have to like build a whole new area for your duck. I hope it works out, and I and I hope that was helpful to you. Definitely keep us updated, okay? And thank you so much for your question. Okay, I am going to open up the chat for questions. Okay, so Annette. Annette says, I need help with sauerkraut. I've done everything, everything. Nice doubt and, uh, uh, I'm not going to pronounce that because some words I just, I only read them and I never say them out loud. And then I don't know how to pronounce them when it's time to say them out loud. Uh, apple cider vinegar, garlic cloves and water, weeks of treatment, stumped, just stumped. So Annette, my first question to you is, it, and you probably have, since you say that you use Nystatin and another um, prescription medication, I, I just want to make sure that you've had a, a, a di- you know, like a definite diagnosis of sauerkraut because sometimes, you know, it could be, it could be something else. Um, a lot of times uh, people confuse just an impactor crop with sauerkraut. And then it could also be accompanied by, even if it's just sauerkraut, it can be accompanied by a secondary infection. So both of those things would have to be addressed. Like even though, you know, when we think about sauerkraut, which is basically a yeast infection of the crop, we don't really think about antibiotics um, because, you know, it's natural to think, okay, well, you know, antibiotics could exacerbate this problem and it absolutely could. Um but there are situations where there's a, this secondary infection going on and they just it's just so imbalanced that you can't, the, the, the hen cannot heal from it. So um, in that case, it's, of course, best to work with a licensed veterinarian and get, you know, medication for the secondary infection as well as the yeast infection. Um, but, you know, I really... You know, sometimes, and I'm dealing with this in, in my flock, I have a chicken that is an internal layer and she just has a chronic infection. And she's, as far as I can tell, never laid an egg. And she has to be on medication, like just always. And very likely she won't live a, a very long life. I don't know, like I don't know how long she has, but right now she's still pecking and scratching and being happy. So I have her in my flock. 
but it's possible, you know, that there's something going on with your chicken's immunity that is just, you know, she's just not resilient enough to overcome this infection. And it sounds to me like you're just doing everything that you can, but sometimes it's just, you know, no matter what you do, it's just not enough for their, you know, for their compromised immune system to overcome what's going on. So the first thing I want to do is just validate, you know, what you're doing. It sounds like you're, you've really tried everything. It does sound like you've probably worked with a vet. If you haven't worked with a vet, I would, you know, if you can, I would definitely try and try that. I'll try and post some other resources. I think I have a podcast about sauerkraut or about crops in general. I will post that in the show notes. And then I, there's also another video that I may, um, I may link in the show notes for you. And it's just like a more detailed thing of what to do when you have sauerkraut. But it, it really sounds like you're doing a lot. It really does. And it could be that she's just not going to overcome it. Um, that does happen sometimes. So uh, you could try fermenting her feed. That's another layer of good bacteria that, you know, should definitely not hurt, should be helpful for her crop. Um, but other than that, yeah, I'm kind of stumped. And I hope, um, you know, I hope that you're able to, I hope she's able to overcome it, but it just, it sounds like you're doing a lot. It sounds like you're doing some really good things for her. All right. So kingdom of Gallus Flufia. <laughs> I love that name. So don't ducks eat different food than chickens. So here, here's the thing. Here's, here's what I have to say about that. So the, the feed that I'm feeding my, my chickens or my flock is a chicken and duck feed. And there are people that feel that, you know, layer feed is just not as good for ducks as, um, as a, a feed that is specifically made for ducks. And I, I totally get that. To me, it's a, it's a trade-off. Like, I have a lot of my ducks have special needs. Um, and also the ducks, of course, bring joy to my life. Um, I, I believe that they are experiencing joy. It is very natural for me to keep the ducks and the chickens together. I think there's a lot of benefits to that. And if you look at like throughout history, really it was like the ducks and the chickens and all the farm animals kind of living together in this symbiotic system. Um, and so I, I do feel, um, I, I feel pretty strongly that we should, we should keep as close to our natural system as possible. So I don't want to make things very, very complicated. I, my, my goal is to make things easy and possible for you. Now, I wouldn't want to s suggest something that I thought would be really bad for ducks or anything like that, or the chickens. But I think the, the trade-off for the quality of life for your ducks, for your chickens, and for you, I think it's okay for them to be on the same feed as your, as your chickens. I just, that, that's a choice that I've made. And I would tell some, I would tell anybody, you know what, I, I really feel like that's okay. Now there's definitely, uh, you know, duck influencers and duck educators 
that would not agree with me on that. But there are a lot of ducks living very, very happy, healthy lives with chickens. And so I, I feel like that's the goal in my, in my opinion. Hey guys, so I just wanted to chime in here. Um, Actually, this episode is being edited right now, and I realize I need to just make a little note and make you guys aware that I totally forgot to mention that ducks, especially ducklings, they do need extra niacin in their diet. So I am pretty nonchalant about it. I will, you know, I'm a pretty casual person as it is, <laughs> but I will add some nutritional yeast. Um, you could also use brewer's yeast. You could also use peas. You could also use like um, hard boiled egg yolk, especially when they're, when they're ducklings. That's what I use. Um, but if you want more specifics on that, I would seek that from an actual duck uh, expert. You know, my specialty is in chickens. Um, I do have ducks. I know a lot about them, but I think for, you know, the exact measurements of what to do, um, if you want to get more specific about it, you should definitely like seek information from a duck expert. And I know that um, Fresh Eggs Daily has some good information there's another one. Um, I think her name is Duncan Ducks. <laughs> she's she's on Instagram. Very funny. Um, there's lots of good information about, out there, but definitely you should consider, um, depending on the kind of feed you're using, um, if it's chicken feed, you might consider, um, you know, supplementing something that is nice and rich in niacin because they do need that vitamin, especially when they're ducklings. Okay, back to the show. All right, so Kelso has a Kelso ten has a, a kind of an important uh, important question. Um, oh my goodness, hello! I've never caught you live. <laughs> I'm glad you're here. I've been searching for how you personally cull. So cull means to it, it could it could mean it could mean rehoming, like it's a word that generally means to like um, remove unwanted for whatever reason chickens from the flock or birds from the flock so it could mean rehoming but most of the time when people use the word cull they mean you know to uh, euthanize your chicken and so kelso is saying i'm so scared for the first time i'm faced with that tough decision they are my babies so I was actually just talking about this on a, po- a, a an interview that I did at the Naked Gardeners uh, channel. They are on YouTube and um, they did an interview with me last week and I actually posted it in, um, you know, all, on all the major podcast apps. So I posted it as a, po- a Bok Talk podcast because it was such an interesting interview. Um, I just got to talk about a lot of the stuff that I don't normally talk about on my channels. So if you get a chance, you should listen to that. It is a bonus episode on, you know, as a Bok Talk podcast. And I, I thought it was really great. It turned out really well. So I was talking to my friends, the Naked Gardeners, and we were talking about putting a chicken down. And I said something that I've never said on my channel before, and it is that I cannot euthanize my own birds. Okay. In fact, I can't euthanize any birds. And it's hard for me to admit that because 
there are people, and I know because I've gotten this pushback before when I've said it like among, you know, other homesteaders, not necessarily on my channel, but among other people that I know that are, that are in this, within this lifestyle, they've told me like, well, you're, you really shouldn't keep chickens. Like if you can't put them down, you shouldn't have chickens. And first off, I'm like, okay, well, I also can't put my dogs down. Like I, I, this is an old yeller. Like it's not, it's not like, it's not like this thing where it's like, I must do this. You know, I must end my pet's life because I, I cared for this pet. You know, that is not my place in the, in the world. I'm not able to do that. I am able to do many other very difficult things, but this is one thing that I can't do. And so what I have done in my life, you know, in my chicken keeping life is, you know, I have, I, I have things in place to where if I need a chicken to be euthanized, I can, I can, you know, go to my friend, have it done, have someone come here. The other thing is uh, that I do that I may do a, a podcast on it cause it's, it's complicated, but, um, I will use homeopathics when I have a chicken that is dying. And in my experience, they have had a really peaceful passing that way when I've used homeopathics. And so that's another alternative for me. What I would say for you is to make a plan right now and to not feel like you're any less of a chicken keeper if you cannot do it yourself. But just make sure that you have a plan if that, you know, if and when that time comes. Okay. So, uh, anyway, I feel, you know, it's like, that's the first time I've ever said that on my channel. You know, I, I said it in that interview, but I've never said it on my channel because it's, and I do, I do talk about it in my book, but yeah, it's just one of those things that I feel like, you know, not everybody has to do everything. And in fact, like if there's like, let's say you're in a family and there's like a family emergency, like a very serious illness or a death or something in the family, you know, what will happen if you have a good functioning family, you know, which, you know, there's a lot of variation. <laughs> we all have our things, but you know, everyone will kind of take their place in the, in that situation. And some people will be in charge of some emotional aspect of it and other people will be in charge of another emotional aspect of it. And not everybody has the same role. So I think it's okay. You know, um, if you do want to learn how to humanely put your chicken down, there are videos on YouTube, um, where you can, you can watch, you know, there are, there are instructional videos and there's plenty of stuff written about it online, but I can't offer that because, it's not my expertise. <laughs> I do. I'm too chicken. I'm too much of it. I'm too sensitive. Oh, piece of my heart. Homestead said, I paid a vet to put my mouse down when he was dying. Um, I had a hamster that I had forever and I was traveling with him. This was in my twenties. I was traveling with him. Um, and I even took him to like Pensacola and, <laughs> I took him to Pensacola and I had him in like that 
you know that like those hamster balls like the <laughs> the the like clear uh plastic balls that you can put a hamster in i had them on the beach with the, <laughs> with, the with that ball i made sure he didn't go into the ocean and he was like my buddy i was traveling a lot i was a social worker at the time and just traveling a lot and um he got very sick and i i remember i had to take him to the vet to have him put down and uh, it was very sad. Like you get attached, you know, you get attached and especially there's certain, you know, there's certain animals where it's like, you could swear that there's a little bit of human in there, you know, <laughs> there's like, there might be that one chicken that you're like, you know, did we know each other before? <laughs> because it really feels that way. Um, so I get it. I get it. You know, I'm the same way. Okay. Bean and Briar asks a very, very important question. When is your book coming out? My book is coming out at the end of February. It's called Let's All Keep Chickens. <laughs> Let's all keep chickens. Um, and I'm super duper proud of it. Um, very soon I will be sharing a pre-order link for you guys. Um, probably my mailing list will be the first to get that news. Um, so that will be happening very soon. Um, and I'm very excited about it. And it's, it's really different from a lot of other chicken books because I do share some of my personal story in it. Not, not too much of it to where it's boring, but you know, really not just about chicken keeping and how to care for chickens. There's all of that. There's all, you know, all the information that you need to care for your chickens. Um, but also the why. Like, you know, why do we do this? What can it mean in our lives? What does it mean in our life? And what what can it mean, you know, for humanity as a whole? So um, I'm, I'm just very, very proud of it. And it was a real labor of love. And, <laughs> um, you know, I, when I was done with it, I was like, oh, my gosh, I am not writing another book. Like, <laughs> that was hard. <laughs> But then, you know, last week I was like, hmm, coming up with other ideas. Like, ooh, what? I could write a book about that. <laughs> but we'll see. But anyway, um, yeah, it's called Let's All Keep Chickens. And it will be out in February. And don't worry, I will keep you all up to date on that. Definitely join my mailing list. Um, go to welcometochickenlandia.com and join my mailing list to get the latest news on that. But I appreciate that question. Thank you so much. Oh, you guys, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you to my moderator and co-producer, Kelsey Paulus, who's also known as the Chickenlandia Presidential Advisor. Thank you to Talking to Crows for editing this episode and to Double M Ranch for their wonderful podcast art. If you enjoy this podcast, you can give it a thumbs up here on YouTube you can rate and review it if you're on one of the podcast apps, especially Apple Podcasts. Um, that really helps me a lot. It's very helpful to me. It will get my podcast out in front of more people, which is the point. We are going to save the world with these chickens, okay? <laughs> one chicken at a time. But the main thing that I want you guys to know is you are always welcome in Chickenlandia. Bye. 
Dahlia Monterosso, also known as the president of Chickenlandia, is a backyard chicken educator in Northwest Washington. To submit your question to Bok Talk, visit WelcomeToChickenlandia.com. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.